Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it is a re-watch Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. And as I always say, this is my favorite episode of the week. I am so excited to dive into all of the tape with you guys, tell you exactly what I saw on the film from the Titans from a schematic standpoint. We are really going to drill down into the X's and O's behind the Tennessee Titans 27-3 victory over the Kansas City Chiefs. I have some team scheme-related items to talk to you guys about, some individual items that I am very excited to get into, including a standout performance from Titan safety, Dane Crookshank, and A.J. Brown returning to his dominant form. So we are going to talk about all of that, dive into the tape on today's show. Before we get into that, though, do want to talk a little power rankings. The Locked On Network released their NFL power rankings on Tuesday. We're going to see where the Tennessee Titans are, and I'll talk generally about whether or not I agree with that ranking. So a lot to discuss. We got power rankings. We got film on a rewatch Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it. You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, guys? It is a re-watch Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. So excited to dive into the film. So excited to dive into these power rankings as well. Before we do, though, want to thank you guys again for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. And if this is your first listen ever of the Locked On Titans podcast, make sure that you subscribe on whatever platform you stream podcasts. Subscribe to the Locked On Titans YouTube page. Smash that notification bell so you know when all of my content goes live. Also, you got to follow me on social media, on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans. It was a Tic Tac Tuesday. I posted a ton of film breakdowns and film clips that will go along with the conversations that we are having today. Make sure that you check me out there on Twitter. Remember, that's at Tic Tac Titans. And check out the show Facebook page, at Locked on Titans Pod. But with that being said, Let's dive into these power rankings. And it's been, I think, since before the season began that I had a little bit of a visual aid for you guys, those on the YouTube channel. I am going to bring up another visual aid now. So bear with me for just a moment as I get into uh, the the technical aspect of the show. I'm going to share my screen with you guys so you can see these power rankings if you are watching on the YouTube channel. So number one, let's go ahead and pop already making technical mistakes here, guys. Already, just bear with me. I know this is absolutely excellent, um, you know, audio content. But either way, we got the power rankings up and I am ready to dive into them with you guys. So let me get my own name out of the way. So to go through the power rankings one time, so those listening on the podcast, on the audio version of the show, know what's going on. Number one, the Arizona Cardinals at 7-0. and The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 2 at 6-1. and Number three, the Los Angeles Rams at 6-1. and Number four, the Buffalo Bills at 4-2. and Number five, the Green Bay Packers at 6-1. and The Cowboys at 
five and one. The Ravens at seven, five and two. The Tennessee Titans at number eight at five and two. The Los Angeles Chargers at nine at four and two. The Cincinnati Bengals round out the top ten at five and two. Then the Las Vegas Raiders at number eleven. The Cleveland Browns at number twelve. The Kansas City Chiefs at number thirteen. The New Orleans Saints at fourteen. Steelers at fifteen. Minnesota Vikings at sixteen. New England Patriots at seventeen. The Colts at eighteen. The San Francisco 49ers at nineteen. The Seattle Seahawks at number twenty. Then we have the Denver Broncos at twenty-one. The Carolina Panthers at twenty-two. The Philadelphia Eagles twenty-three, twenty-four. The Atlanta Falcons twenty-five. The Washington Football Team twenty-six. The Chicago Bears, 27. The New York Giants, 28. The Jacksonville Jaguars, 29. The Miami Dolphins, 30. The Detroit Lions, 31. The Jets, 32. The Texans. So let's dive in here. Number one, can't complain with the Cardinals and the Bucks being one and two. I know that the Rams are number three and they beat the Bucks, but I still think that Tampa Bay is a better team. So I'm going to go with that. I have no problem. I know the first thing that's going to jump out to you guys is the Buffalo Bills at 4-2 and two, sitting at the number four spot. But I personally don't have a problem at all with the Bills being that high look. The Titans beat the Bills in a thriller at home in Tennessee. If that game was in Buffalo, it's fair to say that the Bills might have won by three. So can't complain. I still think the Bills are ultimately a, a better team than the Titans in the long run. I know a lot of you guys won't like hearing that, but that is just how I feel. The Green Bay Packers at number five at six and one, but they're staring a loss in the face against the Cardinals this week, losing, you know, a bunch of their wide receivers, a lot of injuries for the Packers and, and absences there. The Dallas Cowboys at number six at five and one. The Ravens at five and two at number seven. The Titans at eight. Honestly, I'm okay with that ranking. I mean, I think the Chargers are an excellent team. I think that the Bengals are an excellent team. But outside of that, I don't see anybody below the Titans who I think that the Titans are better than. I mean, the Ravens, you could have a conversation. I know a lot of you guys will say the Bills are an easy one there, but for my money, I like the Titans at number eight. They still got a little bit to prove. If they can close the door on the Colts this weekend, then I expect them to go even further up in those rankings as they should. Now, some other things that stand out to me here, uh, I, I really don't understand how the Chiefs are still at 13 behind some of these teams, but at the end of the day, you look at the teams behind them, the Saints, the Steelers, the Vikings, the Patriots, do we really think any of those teams are going to be better off long-term than the Chiefs this year, or even better right now? Eh, I really don't. Even though the Chiefs have played like the worst season that they've had in a long time, they're still three and four. They're still a good football team at the end of the day, the Titans are just better. But going down the list a little bit further, I do not think that like the Colts, the Colts are better than the Vikings and the Steelers and the Patriots. I firmly believe that. I firmly believe that. So the Colts ranking is a little bit low, but they don't have a lot of pop nationally. They're not an exciting team. You know what I mean? Going down the list even further, I mean, it's hard to have complaints as you get closer to the end. Uh, I think the Washington football team is ranked a little bit too high. I think that they're really bad and I think it's only going to get worse for them and then how are the Jaguars ahead how are the Lions behind the Dolphins look I don't care that the Lions are 0-7 and that they're the only winless team in the NFL the Lions would beat the Jaguars right now in a game I think the Lions would beat the Dolphins right now in a game so I would put the Lions ahead but going back to that Tennessee Titans ranking 
at number eight in the top 10, going up two spots from number 10 last week. I don't really see anything to complain about there. The Titans can go even further if they continue to prove it, but a pretty good start. If you would have told me and I would have told you that the Titans would be top 10 in power rankings after that loss to the Jets, you would have laughed at my face. So just a good bounce back by the Titans, two of the most impressive victories of the year by any team, and that should squarely put you in the top 10 of the power rankings. Now, I know it's just power rankings, just power rankings, but hey, it's always fun to check in where all of the hosts for Locked On put the Tennessee Titans. They are at number eight. I had the Titans at number seven just for your guys' information when I submitted my rankings. But that is going to do it for the power ranking segment of today's show. We are going to dive into the film next. It is a rewatch Wednesday. Step into the film room with me. So excited to break down specifically on defense what the Tennessee Titans were able to do to this Kansas City Chiefs offense. We are going to talk about that in just a moment. Before we do, got to remind you guys about the Get Upside app. It's an incredible app that anyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. It's free. And my listeners are making up to 25 cents cash back every gallon of gas every time they fill up. How? Well, you just download the app. It is for free, get upside. You can find it in the App Store or Google Play right now. And when you do download that free get upside app, use the promo code touchdown. And that's going to get you a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents a gallon cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump ever again. Get cash back using get upside. Download the app for free, use that promo code TOUCHDOWN, and get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot make up to $200, $300 in cash back every single month. And here's the thing, there's no catch. The cash back goes right to your GetUpside account, and you can cash out anytime you want to your bank account, your PayPal account, or even like an e-gift card for Amazon. Download the free GetUpside app, use the promo code TOUCHDOWN, and get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN on the free GetUpside app. Titans fans, it is time. It is time to kick off our rewatch segment, step into the film room, break down the X's and O's, Got to remind you guys, I posted all of the clips that go along with this discussion and all the actual film breakdown on my Twitter account, at Tic Tac Titans, for copyright reasons. I can't have the actual film on the YouTube channel, as a lot of you guys know, but all of that content is available on my Twitter account. You don't have to sign up for Twitter. You could just go to Twitter's website, search at Tic Tac Titans, and scroll through my feed and see everything that you need to know. So just want to remind you guys about that. Also want to thank you again for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. As for your second listen, make sure that you check out the live, live trade deadline show. It's going to be on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. It's going to be live from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. on November the 2nd on the trade deadline. And I host the Locked On NFL National Show on Thursdays. So it's a great time and to go ahead and subscribe to that YouTube channel, the Locked On NFL YouTube channel. You're going to love the live show going on. And if the Titans make a trade, your boy will make an appearance. So let's dive into the film, though. I'm ready. I've been waiting 
licking my chops all day after watching the All-22, the coaches tape over the last 24 hours or so, diving into what the defense did. So number one, the Titans defense didn't really blitz, and, and we have to define the word blitz. A blitz is when you bring five or more rushers. That's one at least one more rusher than the standard four-man rush. So that is the definition of blitz in the sense that I'm going to use it right now. The Titans only blitzed one or two times in this game, bringing more than five guys. Yes, they brought Elijah Molden off the slot cornerback spot a couple of times. Not really a lot, but a couple of times. But every time they did that, they dropped out a defensive end on the other side so that there were only four men coming. Uh, again, they like to rotate between that slot blitz and blitz in the middle linebacker. But anytime they blitz David Long, they dropped out a defensive end into coverage. So the Titans really didn't bring five people at all in this game one or two times at max. And I mean, the reason for that is you can't allow Patrick Mahomes to only see five or six guys in coverage all day. He's going to pick you apart. So you can't have that. And the Titans had to avoid that. And really the goal is you need to get pressure on the quarterback by only bringing four guys in the pass rush and dropping seven into coverage. That's how you beat these excellent elite quarterbacks. That is how you do it. Now, some teams like Tampa Bay last year, like the Giants that beat the Patriots in the early aughts, those teams could just bring their four guys one-on-one -on -one rush opportunities, and they're going to win over and over. The Titans' defensive line has been doing a great job there, but that's not exactly who the Titans are. The Titans want to disguise coverage. They want to confuse you, bring different things at you. So the best way to get that pressure and show those disguised looks while also not sacrificing your coverage numbers is to drop someone into coverage, bring a blitz from the safety, from the cornerback or the linebacker where they rush, but drop a defensive lineman in their place so you never lose that coverage. And the Titans did that all day long. Again, only one or two times did they actually bring five or more guys on a blitz. I think it was only twice all game long. Now, on the flip side of that, talking about the pressure, how do you then, remember, we talked against the Buffalo Bills that the Titans wanted to bring pressure from Josh Allen's right-hand side so that he couldn't roll out to his right and make plays. Well, that philosophy stays in place for Patrick Mahomes. So how do you accomplish that if you're not going to bring five guys like the Titans were doing against the Bills? Well, one thing that the Titans did was they used Harold Landry. They lined, they lined Harold Landry up super wide as the defensive end. You know, if you played any football, you know that the gaps are numbered. You have zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. The gaps are numbered. Well, I would tell you that Harold Landry is basically playing 11 technique. I mean, he was out past the tight end, past the slot wide receiver with his hand in the dirt as a defensive end. Why? Well, I can tell you why. Because when you have Harold Landry out that wide and then he rushes into the quarterback, what that's going to do is that is going to simulate that slot cornerback blitz. So you're accomplishing exactly what you accomplished with Elijah Molden coming on the slot blitz against the Bills, but you're doing that without sacrificing coverage. So Harold Landry is coming at such a wide angle on his rush that it essentially discourages Patrick Mahomes from rolling out to his right, which is exactly the game plan. Don't let Mahomes roll to his dominant side to playmake. An excellent adjustment. I got to be honest, you got to give credit 
to Jim Schwartz. His wide nine technique on the defensive line is famous. And he applied that to an even a more extreme measure with Harold Landry to keep that outside pressure on Mahomes so he didn't feel comfortable rolling out of the pocket. I mean, that is top-notch schematics from the Tennessee Titans to be able to accomplish their rush goals without sacrificing their coverage. That is excellent stuff from the Tennessee Titans defensive staff. Kudos there. Absolute kudos. Also want to mention when we talk about coverage, the Titans played man coverage all day long in this game. I mean, they threw in some zone looks. They threw in some cover two. They threw in some cover three, more cover three than cover two. You know what they didn't do, though? They didn't run invert cover two, where they use a cornerback and a safety or two cornerbacks to play the deep halves. I was bemoaning that coverage against the Bills. That's what got the Cole Beasley touchdown right before halftime. The Titans did not run that coverage against the Chiefs, and smartly so, because the Chiefs were trying to attack it. So good job by the Titans. But throughout the day, they mixed in zone because that's what the Titans are going to do. But they mostly played man coverage with a robber over the middle. What's a robber? He's a middle zone defender. So what the Titans were doing is they rush four. That's four guys. They have five guys playing man coverage against the five eligible receivers. That's nine. Then they would have a deep safety in the deep. I always put my hands past where you can see them, but they have a deep safety back deep so no one gets beat deep. And then they have Kevin Byard roaming over the middle. He's a pseudo spy on Patrick Mahomes. Remember, when Kevin Byard forced that fumble on Patrick Mahomes before halftime, he did that from the robber spot over the middle of the field, which allows him to help in zone coverage, help out the guys playing man over the middle of the field, read the quarterback's eyes, but then if Patrick Mahomes gets out of the pocket, who's hunting him down? Kevin Byard. Excellent stuff, and that's what KB does best. Let him roam. Let, let him use his instincts. Let him read the quarterback and make plays, and he's had maybe his best season since his all-pro season so far this year. So great stuff, man. I am going to run out of time uh, with how excited I am to get into this stuff. So let's speed it up a little bit. Dane Crookshank, one-on-one in man coverage against Kelsey. He blanketed him. He was physical with him. Got his hands all over him. Didn't let him get clean releases all day. Crookshank, six foot one, 210 pounds. He has an ideal physical build, an ideal athleticism to be that matchup guy against those tight ends over the middle of the field. Excellent stuff from Dane Crookshank. A beautiful chess piece for the Titans going forward. Greg Maben, great day. Coming off the street, basically. Signed from Arizona's practice squad. Great day for Greg Maben. And everyone's asking, why would he play over Breon Borders? Greg Maben got 100% of the defensive snaps. Well, Greg Maben is a much faster player than Breon Borders. Breon Borders is excellent in tight circumstances. He's good in the red zone because he's physical and his limitations with his athleticism don't really hurt you as much if you don't have a whole field to cover. So Breon Borders is good in the red zone because he can be physical and there's not a lot of places to get him beat. But you can't put Breon Borders out there against the Kansas City Chiefs' speedy wide receiver core when you got the whole field to defend. So that's why Maven played over Borders, and Maven did a very good job. I already told you guys about Kevin Byard. Not only did he play that robber over the middle of the field, but it's obvious that he was shaded throughout the game towards Travis Kelsey to help Dane Crookshank. Crookshank didn't really need a lot of help, but that was the plan. Take away Kelsey. Kelsey, much more deadly than Tyreek Hill on a snap-to-snap consistent basis for the Chiefs. So good job there. David Long and Rashawn Evans flew all over the field. David Long took away the running back in the check down all day long. David Long was all over the place in the run game. I thought Rashawn Evans 
played his best game of the season in a limited role. Just excellent stuff from the Titans linebackers doing their job. Also, Matthias Farley, I gave him a Titan up on Sunday night show into Monday morning. I'm going to continue to give him kudos. He came in, played the Amani Hooker role. They couldn't put Dane Crookshank back deep in the free safety role like they did when Amani Hooker was hurt originally because Crookshank had to play that one-on-one matchup against Travis Kelsey. So that means that Matthias Farley had to jump in and play the free safety role for the Titans, and he did it excellently when they went to dime. The Titans played a lot of nickel in this game, but when they went to dime, Farley was out there and he made plays. Remember, he also got the incredible fumble recovery on Kevin Byers' force fumble on the sideline. That ball was about to go out of bounds and Farley saved it. So great play by Matthias Farley, someone I was very excited about as a role player for the Titans when they signed him in the offseason. Elijah Molden, as the cornerback, made eight tackles, came on those blitzes when the Titans dropped the opposite side defensive end and and made sure that Mahomes couldn't feel comfortable getting out to his right-hand side. But uh, Elijah Molden doing a great job this year in his role as the slot cornerback for the Titans. Also, the Titans used Harold. Oh, well, I talked about that. The wide 11 technique, the wide nine technique to simulate the cornerback blitz. Now, let's talk about some individual performances. Again, Danico Autry dominated, and the best thing was it was a variety of moves. He used a rip move a couple of times. He used just effort. Uh, continuing to rush the quarterback when he didn't have a great move to go to. He used a bull rush. He used a swim move at one point in time. I mean, Danico Autry had the whole package working on Sunday, and it's how he got two tackles for loss, two sacks, and constant pressure on Patrick Mahomes. A great value signing in free agency for John Robinson. Also, do want to mention that uh, Jeffrey Simmons basically got double teamed every single time. So that's why Bud Dupree gets a sack. Harold Landry gets a sack. Danico Autry gets two. What about Jeff Simmons? Well, that's because every team is double teaming Jeff Simmons every single time. Whether it's run, whether it's pass, we got to stop Simmons. And that is opening things up for everybody else. And the last thing I want to say about the pass rush, Harold Landry did get used as a spy in certain times. So what the Titans are doing is they're not using an outright spy, but they'll have the four guys rush. But Harold Landry will kind of be conservative in his rush. He'll kind of do a little twist, but then just hang out in the middle and make sure that Mahomes doesn't go anywhere. That way, an offensive lineman has to account for him. But also, the Titans get the benefit of having a spy on these elite mobile playmaking quarterbacks. Excellent stuff from the Titans defense. And I personally think this was an excellent breakdown on what the Titans did on defense against the Chiefs. So I hope that you guys enjoyed it as well. We are going to talk about the offensive side of the ball. But before we do that, I do got to tell you guys about betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the number one spot for all your basketball and football action this fall. If you head to their new website right now, you'll see a new updated interface Really easy to use. They have updated odds, props, and contests, the best contests on the internet. Speaking of the internet, go to the internet right now, whether that be your desktop computer, your laptop, your mobile device. Sign up today, and when you do, use the promo code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On, and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's literally free money at BetOnline.ag. So whether it's basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, or even your favorite Vegas casino games, make sure that you don't wait and take advantage of all their amazing offers today, including using that promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. BetOnline, where the game starts. Also, have to tell you guys about Rock Auto 
RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is a family company that's been serving online parts customers for over 20 years. Their online catalog is remarkably easy to use. It's easy to navigate. With a few easy clicks, you can quickly see all the different brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer and get whatever you need delivered directly to your door. One thing I didn't know is about chain front auto parts stores, they actually have different price tiers, whether you're a do-it-yourself or a professional mechanic. So there is a chance that you go to the auto parts store. One, you have to put on pants. Two, the guy behind you is a mouth breather and is all over you. Get off me, man. The guy next to you gets to pay half the price for the part that you need, and the part that you need isn't even in stock, and they got to order it from the warehouse anyways. Cut out the middleman. Get the best price available on all your truck and car parts. Go to rockauto.com right now, and when you do, make sure that you put locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that I sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Titans fans, let's cap off this re-watch Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast by discussing what happened from an X's and O's perspective on the offensive side of the ball. Now, before we get into that, I want to thank you guys again for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. As for that second listen, make sure that you check out the Peacock and Williamson show hosted by Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson. The Peacock and Williamson show is Monday through Friday, and they give you a national perspective on all of the latest NFL news. Check out the Peacock and Williamson show on whatever platform you do stream. But Diving into the offense, we just talked about the defense, and boy, I went long. So I'll keep the offense pretty short, and for good reason. There's not as much to talk about with the offense because the Titans only played offense for one half. Okay? That's it. The Titans did not try in the second half. They just didn't. And before I get into anything in the first half, I'm going to tell you guys the only complaint that I have from this game. Why in the hell are you up by 24 points with less than 20 minutes left in the game. And you still got Derrick Henry out there running. Give that man a break. There is no reason that Derrick Henry should have had 29 carries in this game. This was the ideal game to get Henry 19, 20 carries at max. Let him sit for the last 20, 25 minutes of the game. Come on, man. What are we doing? I mean, I know that I say up and down the dude's a unicorn. He's not going to break down. Blah, blah, blah. But why tempt fate? Why look the gift horse in the mouth? Man, get that man some rest. Darrington Evans is back. Jeremy McNichols is back. Let those boys go out there and do it. I mean, if you're just going to run straight up the gut in the nine-man boxes just so you can run three times and punt, then don't let Henry do that. And Henry was pissed. I mean, you could saw you saw his body. Maybe you didn't, but I did. I saw his body language in the second half, and he was pissed. Now, he was probably mad that they weren't having success in the run game, but maybe he was pissed because he was in for no reason, taking hits for no reason, carrying the ball for no reason. I'm pissed about it. God damn it. Come on. Todd? Mike? What are you guys doing? Tony? Get the man out of the game. Ugh. Anyways, let's get into some of this scheme. 40% play action pass in the game. The Titans came out early and often with play action on first down. The very first play of the game for the offense was a play action pass. Todd, we need more of that. Also, 
offense for the Titans is all about marrying the formation and the look. What you want to do is you want to run a run play that looks exactly like the play-action pass, and you want to run play-action pass plays that look exactly like the run game. So think about the big play to A.J. Brown that I'm an idiot. I said it wasn't a catch. It was a catch. Down the sideline in the first half. Well, the Titans ran two tight ends on the left side, Swayman Pruitt. They did play action on an inside zone to Derrick Henry, and then they threw it deep, and that was on first down. The very next play, which it was a 50-yard gain or what have you, the very next play, the Titans line up in the same formation, two tight ends, both on one side, but they flip it to where the tight ends are on the right side of the formation, and they run inside zone. So they show the exact same formation, the exact same personnel, and they run the exact same run look, but they actually hand off the ball, and Derrick Henry gets about nine yards. Marrying your scheme together. Make the run look like the pass. Make the pass look like the run. Use the same formations. Use the same groupings. Use the same personnel so the defense doesn't know what's coming next. And Todd Downing is getting so much better at that early on in the year. What I will say is the reason the Titans had so much success in the play-action pass game is because the Chiefs just completely sold out on the run. I mean, they would have eight guys in the box, and then they would bring another defensive back, usually Tyron Matthew, to come off the backside. See, remember against the Buffalo Bills, they were bringing their defensive end up the field on the backside of the run to try to take away the bootleg. Well, that opened up the cutback lane for Derrick Henry on the run. Well, how do you keep your defensive end in to guard the cutback lane on the run while also taking away the bootleg? You bring another guy off the backside, usually a defensive back, floating down to the line of scrimmage late in the play clock. Well, the Titans saw that, and they said, well, okay, we'll just play action pass you to death all day long. Derrick Henry only had 86 yards, let, uh, three yards per carry. The Titans didn't kill the Chiefs in the run game. As a matter of fact, the Chiefs' interior defensive line and their linebacker, Nick Bolton, had a great game in run defense, in my opinion, from watching it. I thought they did a really good job. Uh, uh, Jaron Reed, Kalen Sanders, Saunders, I think that's the name of those guys for the Chiefs. And then Nick Bolton at linebacker. I thought they did great in run defense in this game. But the they sold out, nine in the box, bringing pressure. Okay, then we're just going to throw the ball over the middle of the field on you all day long. Glance is back. You guys know the play. Play action to Derrick Henry, hit A.J. Brown over the middle. The Titans call that play glance. So you guys can, you know, stack that in your database of, of terminology. That's what they call it. So obviously I'm not in the building, but that's what people say who talk to the coaches on the television. I, I've heard other breakdowns from people who get to talk to the coaches. That play is called glance. Now I'm sure there's a million other terms that go into it before the play calls. Uh, I mean, reading a play in the NFL is like reading the Cheesecake Factory menu. So I'm sure there's more to it, but overall that play is called glance. Okay, so outside of that, the Chiefs, again, man coverage. That's what teams do to the Titans. They bring guys to the line of scrimmage. They play man coverage, especially in third down situations. But guess what? The Titans went out and got Julio Jones because they needed multiple guys that could just win one-on-one -on -one in man coverage. And A.J. Brown's catch on the sideline in the end zone, both those catches. He just wins in man coverage, man. He's just better than Legereus Sneed. Shavarius Ward. I, he's just better than them. And Julio Jones is better than most of the corners he's going to go up against too. So if you want to do that, you want to play tight one-on-one -on -one and put your corners on an island, 
Okay. The Titans will take that. And they're going to take shots on you all day long. And I'm willing to bet that A.J. Brown and Julio Jones are going to beat your cornerbacks. Man, this Titans offense is roaring, baby. This Titans offense is roaring. Rawr! I'm so excited. I can't help it. I'm sorry, guys. Sorry, I'm getting obnoxious. But this stuff just gets me fired up. Let's keep going. So, the Titans won against man coverage. They killed them in play-action pass because they sold out on the run. But I also got to give Todd Downing credit for the creativity of the offense. We got a jet sweep out of shotgun to A.J. Brown. Woo! Give me more of that. A.J. did a terrible job on that play, though. He's got to do better uh, if they're going to run the ball to him. Do better. Nick Bolton lit him up for like a three-yard gain. Needed to be a lot better than that for how well it was blocked. Uh, also, the reverse to Marcus Johnson. Out of a formation that the Titans had run play action out of, they'd run run plays out of with two tight ends and then a wide receiver and bunch on one side condensed in the formation close to the offensive tackle, and they ran the, the reverse out of that. We got Wild King with a pass. I like calling it King Cat, though. I, I don't know why I like that a little bit better. But uh, either way, the Titans are running a varied run scheme. Everyone knows the Titans run outside zone. They run inside zone. But so far this year, the Titans have run traps. The Titans have run misdirection. They've run counters with pulling guards and pulling tight ends. I mean, I'm so impressed with Todd Downing and how he's varying the run game right now. Excellent stuff. Uh, for some individual stuff, Jeff Swaim, best game of the year. Really good job. Uh, ben Jones, obviously he was banged up on Darrington Evans' run. Darrington Evans just slams into Ben Jones, and Ben Jones lays on the ground for a while. He's banged up, as he always is. But Ben Jones really struggled uh, that with the reach block on the defensive lineman to get in front of him. He struggled in this game. That's part of the reason the Titans struggled in the run game. Dylan Radins, 22 snaps. He was good in run blocking, but he struggled in pass blocking quite a bit. But... A lot of that is the Chiefs were putting Chris Jones on Dylan Radins. I mean, there's not many guards in the league who are going to be able to deal with Chris Jones, so I'm not going to kill Dylan Radins for struggling in that sense. So Dylan Radins, overall, pretty good. Some struggles in pass protection, but that's to be expected. I'm going to do a film breakdown on Dylan Radins on my Twitter account, at Tic Tac Titans, probably on Friday, because I am so busy. It is hard to uh, do all the content that I have in my head that I want. But either way, I'm going to do my... Uh, Titans Wire USA Today article this week on the Titans front four. They're the elements, baby. Water, wind, fire, and earth. And I'm going to break that down for you in my article. Make sure that you don't miss that. And then on Friday, uh, on Thursday, I plan to do a little David Long thread on uh, on Twitter. And then Friday, I'm going to do Dylan Radins. So make sure that you guys don't miss that additional content, the actual film stuff that I'm breaking down, the clips that I put together. That's all on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans. But that's going to do it for me today. This episode is going to be like 40 freaking minutes. I'm going to get in trouble, but I don't care. I had to unload the clip for you guys. All this stuff I saw on film from the Titans was so excellent, and I certainly hope that you all enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to like the video. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment. I appreciate all that. Helps helps me out a lot. If you're just listening to the podcast, throw in a review on Apple Podcasts. About 55% of you guys listen on Apple I haven't got a lot of reviews lately, so I would appreciate a couple more of those. Um, but other than that, just thank you guys so much for tuning in. That's going to do it for me today, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowan, and this was Locked on Titans.